Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Human Behavior Show. Some of the guests, some people have connected with in the past, some people with large followings as well. So I think the content help as many people as possible. Try and work in that self-improvement space. And today is no different. So if you have been listening to the podcast so far, please subscribe and um, do follow guests as well. This is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. My guest is Tima. Uh, Tima had someone on her own clubhouse and she's a really good speaker and she has a massive LinkedIn following and she talks a lot about, um, you know, improvement in the self, uh, you know, in, in the workspace as well. And she has a lot of corporate clients she deals with. Um, so Tima, welcome to the show. Really happy to have you here. Um, could you give everyone a bit of an introduction on, on what you do? Hi, show. So thank you. I just want to make sure that you can hear me okay. Yeah, I can hear you really well, Tima. So <laughs> nice to hear that Australian voice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the terrible Australian accent. <laughs> yeah, your, uh, your, um, your long lost cousins that were kicked out of yeah. your country. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't to blame. I'm so, sure. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. So basically, um, so in terms of what my company does, is that your question? Yes. What does your company do? Um, what do you do? And kind of what, what is your mission before we dive deeper into kind of thought leadership and public speaking and a few other topics? You know, absolutely. So basically my company, we work with CEOs, uh, mainly in the US, UK and UAE. They're mainly the, the three three regions that we've attracted, uh, and they're very well-established businesses. They're not looking to generate leads or anything like that. They are generally looking to position themselves as respected leaders in their industry. So they're very well-established and have an incredible reputation in the real world, but they just don't have a brand online. And specifically, we focus on the LinkedIn platform purely because of my own success on the platform. So we use the same philosophy that I've approached on my own profile and we basically do everything for our client. So the content strategy, the actual content production, the management of their profiles and yeah, basically everything. So they don't have to do very much at all. So that's my primary business. I also host a podcast called Deconstructing Success, which I love doing. And I am also a speaker as well. Tima, that's great. Seems like you do a lot of, you know, different things. And I want to know, how, how did your journey start? How did you get into setting up your company, acquiring these skills? What did that look like? And then we'll kind of go into kind of who you've worked with. Okay, so I will keep the story as short as possible. But basically, my background was never in marketing and branding. I was in finance for about 16 plus years. I was in financial planning and I also had my own practice. But for a long, long time, I wasn't really too sure about my connection to the industry anymore and I wanted to leave, but I didn't know what to do. And then I took about a year to decide to actually sell my practice to basically start my podcast. So that was really why I left financial planning was to start my podcast and I had a corporate program that I was selling to mainly to C-suite executives. And I chose, chose the LinkedIn platform 
to basically go on there so that I could, at the time, I didn't know it was called content, but I went on to LinkedIn to basically reestablish myself. And again, I didn't even know that was called branding. I was rebranding myself without really knowing what the actual term was, if that makes sense. I came onto the platform with the eyes of an entrepreneur and I said, okay, I want people to now not know me as Tima, the financial planner. I want them to know me as Tima, uh, who has a real mission that wants to accomplish huge things in the world. And I just started to basically create content and actually speak through my mission, but also promote my podcast. And what ended up happening, uh, Dr. Sahit, was incredible. I had no idea that I was going to have the impact that I had. I started at, say, it was close to 500 connections and followers, and that grew to about 25,000 within a space of three to sort of four months. And what actually happened in the process was I had a number of companies that are listed on the stock exchange here in Australia that were watching me, and they never interacted on my content, never liked or commented, but they were watching me from a distance And what ended up happening was they contacted me and they said, look, we love what you're doing. Can you come in and show us how you can help us? Now, (laughs) me being the entrepreneur mind, I, I, I didn't really have an actual offering at the time, but I knew that they needed something from me. So I just said to myself, look, I know the corporate world. I know, I know how to communicate with these types of people but I didn't have a product, but I'm like, I'll just figure it out as I go. And as I left my first meeting, I realized that there was a huge gap in the corporate market and it suited me very well, mainly because of my own background in corporate, uh, but also because of my financial planning background and I knew exactly how I could help them. And so basically I created this company and, uh, and that really came from, the platform that came uh, through the demand from the platform. So I didn't wake up one day deciding to set up this agency or this company. It basically uh, happened through showing up on LinkedIn. That's an incredible story. And and that growth, uh, Tima, is is phenomenal. Um, Matter of a few months, you went to 25,000. So getting there, so what, what what, what do you think drove that many people to follow you so quickly? Were you putting out? Um, consistent content? Was it a video format? Was it a thoughtful posts? What was the strategy or what, what were you doing? Yeah, so I, because I, when I first came onto the platform, I wasn't thinking too much about how many likes and views I wanted or I didn't even consider any of that. You know how sometimes we can get a little bit too caught up about those numbers. And when I came onto LinkedIn, I just started to create video because I just thought it was the easiest way to share my message. And I didn't have much confidence in my writing ability, which by the way, there's nothing wrong with my writing. I just was focused thinking if I start writing, I may not get the, I may not message across as well. So I'm better off just recording a video And my videos were very short, straight to the point. I didn't sell anything. I was basically, as I mentioned, just speaking through my purpose and talking about my mission, but also talking about some of these interesting conversations that I had with people and the learnings that I had. And I would also focus on 
things that I was trying to implement in my own life when it came to uh, changes that I want to make uh, in terms of my own mindset, some things that I was applying, things that I was reading that was really helping me. And really, I think people just gravitated toward that genuine approach and that authentic approach at the time. There were a lot of people that were creating content, but they were selling and nobody wants to watch someone sell anything on a video. And I felt that um, my video content stood out because it just came from a place of intention, rather a place of wanting to sell something to somebody or wanting to become famous, if that makes sense. That actually really makes a lot of sense because on LinkedIn at times my feed can feel like everyone's trying to apply for a job (laughs) or a central job, right? And it can become very salesy. So you had a more unique approach, a more authentic approach. And I think that makes, makes a difference. So Tima, you say you set up this company, um, successful, uh, you work with CEOs and corporates and, you you what 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 is your intent are you, what are you providing for them are you providing them you said but you're helping them kind of um these people who are already successful already doing well how to have you know get get their i guess name out there and uh, develop th- their content um so so what does that what does that look like and are, are there any kind of famous clients that you've worked with that you could disclose <laughs> I knew you'd ask that question. <laughs> so, uh, uh, most of my clients actually want to want privacy and don't necessarily want really others to know that they have somebody or a company looking after their profile. And I completely understand that because some of these people are quite prominent in their field. And I think it's a little bit of a ego thing <laughs> that they don't want anyone to know that uh, that they're getting help, if that makes sense. But the intent behind the actual uh, process is one of the things that people, I guess, are too focused on is they say, well, you know, we want people to know more about our company. But at the end of the day, the company really does not have much value to anybody unless they've worked with that particular company or know of that particular company, what they're more interested in. I believe, especially these days, is that we want to know more about the people behind the company. So, for example, if I say Tesla, the first person we think of is Elon Musk. And Tesla obviously creates incredible cars and we all know what they produce, but Tesla wouldn't have the same impact if it weren't for Elon Musk and what he stood for as a human being and how passionate and how driven he is to achieve his goals and achieve extraordinary things too. So what I what we try and do for our clients is we want that human element to come through and we don't want to focus too much on the technical things that they do for work. It's more about their their wisdom, their intellect, their emotional intelligence, and a lot of the they they have so much information to share and so much inspiration to share through their stories. So they're the things that we really focus on is how do we bring the human side behind these really powerful CEOs where you wouldn't even think that they would even have these stories to share or willing to share online. 
And we're not talking about stories where they're crying in a video or anything like that, but things that are really quite meaningful. And I feel that there is a lot of disconnect with that and a lot of people think that they need to share and I guess show off their knowledge, but we're really focused more on wisdom and emotional intelligence because that's what really connects to an audience and everything that we do for our clients always goes back to their mission and what they're actually trying to achieve in the world. Every piece of content has to answer the question is, will this bring you closer to your mission and how is this going to make people feel? So you can see that the process is very, very focused on connection as opposed to, you know, trying to beat an algorithm or trying to get viral content. It's very meaningful and very organic. And what it does over time, it builds trust with the audience and people generally fall in love with that person's mission and they become advocates of that. And it's very, very powerful. Tima, that's actually really well explained and said, and, and I would 100% agree. So I want to put you a bit on the spot then with, with what you said. So as an entrepreneur, um, you, you start a business, you have an app. Um, LinkedIn, I've heard, is good for, if you do it the right way, authentic connection. And um, as a marketing agency, actually, myself and my co-founder, we worked with um, for our app. And they were really bullish on LinkedIn. And they said that should be your primary strategy. So you were having such a large LinkedIn following. Why does LinkedIn stand out to you as, as, a, as a platform? And, and why do you think an entrepreneur or founder of a company should be on LinkedIn and, and doing forms of thought leadership? You talk a lot about thought leadership. And I know you give a lot of talks as well. What, what is thought leadership, first of all? And um, why is that important for a founder to be almost um, narrating their journey? Okay, so I'll first answer your question around why LinkedIn uh, in terms of any other platform. And one thing that I'd love for people to think about is we all, most of us anyway, have a LinkedIn profile and most likely a Facebook profile and an Instagram account and maybe TikTok. So if you think of the, the, the mindset of the user at the time they're using each platform, now our mindset shifts. So if I'm on Instagram, even though I still use Instagram for work, uh, there is a part of me that says, oh, you know, I've got about 10 minutes to spare. I might just see what's, you know, what's going on, on on Instagram. And then sometimes that can turn into half an hour of pure, you know, scrolling, scrolling through and watching reels and basically wasting my time. But the mindset of the user of LinkedIn is they're there with an intention. They're not there to watch you know, cat videos or watch memes, uh, read memes and things like that. They're there for a purpose. And that purpose is either to connect with somebody, to learn something on the platform or to do business with somebody. And so that intention, you, it's irreplaceable. I have not seen it on any other platform. And that already says that the people on this platform, they are there for a reason. They're not there to waste any time. And that's a huge, huge tick for me. The other reason why LinkedIn is uh, a, is a, a huge focus for me is because even though there is a, there are a lot of people putting content out, there is still not uh, many creators on this platform in comparison to say Instagram, t- 
TikTok and Facebook. So there's a lot more noise on those other platforms than there is on LinkedIn, even though LinkedIn still has a lot of noise, but it's just not in comparison. The numbers haven't really changed that much over the years. So in terms of uh, how many creators there are on the platform creating consistent content, there is less than 1% of active users worldwide. And, uh, and that's really not a huge amount. It's not a huge number at all. So if you, I'll, I'll give you, say, some numbers in Australia, which uh, I, I, uh, I should know the international numbers, but they escape my mind. I just don't want to give you the wrong numbers. But at the moment, we have over, I think, about 13 million users on LinkedIn. About six to seven million of those are active users, which means that they're on the platform looking at things, maybe not creating any content, but they're just looking around. And 1% of those active users are consistent content creators. So that's about, you know, 50 to 60,000. That's not a huge number at all. And if you were to distribute that by state and also by industry, they're very, very small numbers. So you can already see the opportunity there. And this is this particular number is a worldwide number, that this 1%. So there's so much opportunity there. But what's important is to get your strategy right and to come from a place of intention. And you have to be connected to your mission. If you're not connected to your mission, you will lose people's trust very, very quickly. Uh, in terms of uh, thought leadership, it's, it's an interesting one because people think that thought leadership is by basically regurgitating other people's ideas and sharing them on the platform, and it's the complete opposite. It's, it's how do you share your own thoughts and articulate that that is going to really help people and, artic- uh, and actually make an impact in their lives or in their business. So the thing, thought leadership is not a title that we give ourselves. (laughs) I've seen a lot of people, I'm sure you've seen this too, Dr. Saheb, where people refer to themselves as an influencer or a thought leader. We don't do that, right? That is a title or a category or a way of describing someone, somebody else gives you that title and that category, if that makes sense. So my clients, in my opinion, are thought leaders, but they're only thought leaders when the public and the community believe they are. And how does that happen? Well, one, you have to be able to uh, and be confident enough to think out loud and share your thoughts and look at how you're disrupting your industry and how you're making a difference and making an impact and what are those things that you're actually doing. So breaking those processes down and sharing that is, is a really, really powerful way. And that differentiates them from anybody else in their industry. And that's why their wisdom and their experience is really, really important because that really is in line with their thought leadership. So it's an interesting one. We we could go even deeper with that, but I know we've only got a certain amount of time, but I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that does answer my question. Um, It makes it a lot clearer as well because at times on LinkedIn, I will see um, certain people who are almost trying to be so-called thought leaders um, because they've seen someone else do it. They're just trying to, you know, something Gary V has said, they keep repeating the same, that type of content. Um, so I think you've, you've shed a lot of light on that. And then I want to go on to public speaking. How does one become a good public speaker? What, what are the key elements in becoming an engaging speaker? Okay. That's a good question. <laughs> so 
Um, a lot of people do ask this question, and I shouldn't have said um, by the way. That's not a good thing to say when you're public speaking. <laughs> so one of, the things, <laughs> one of the things that I say to people that if they do want to get into public speaking, firstly, don't overthink it and just keep it really, really simple. And one great way to do it is to produce content and to talk about topics that you absolutely love to talk about, even if it has nothing to do with your industry and your actual job or career and write those topics down. They're the sort of topics, Dr. Sahay, where, you know, when you're out with your friends and you're talking about something that you just absolutely love talking about and they are so sick and tired of you talking about this where they're like, okay, enough already. They're the sort of topics that we, that, that we really need to talk about because it comes from a place of passion and real love and you don't need to worry too much about uh, having to research and build your knowledge around those areas. This is purely just to build your confidence. And so I highly encourage people to actually speak on those topics that they absolutely love talking about. And the reason why I say record yourself and do video and share it is because it's a very scary thing to do. If you can record a video and share it on a platform like LinkedIn, you will have uh, a stepping stone to build that confidence to go on stage because recording video takes a lot of courage and you also have to get over your own insecurities to actually post video. And one one other thing that I uh, help people with, because people do get advice from me when it comes to speaking, these are all very unconventional pieces of advice, but they work very, very well. When you are recording video, try and keep it to one minute. So whatever concept or idea that you would love to be able to share succinctly, get your get your camera out, pretend you're doing an Instagram story or a Snapchat story or anything like that and just record yourself and then allow that app to cut you off at a minute. Go back and watch it and see how well you have been able to articulate that thought or that concept within a minute. And that's a really fantastic way to help people to be able to express their thoughts very clearly and in a way that's very understandable and in bite sizes. So if somebody wants to become a speaker, I would highly encourage you to not promote yourself as a speaker and call yourself as a speaker because it doesn't really help your profile. If you want to get speaking opportunities, and this is exactly how I got speaking opportunities, is by creating a personal brand, doing that online, and talking about those things that you absolutely love talking about nonstop and do as much content as possible around those topics and produce as much video as possible. And I promise you that is the easiest and quickest way and most successful way to become a speaker and you don't have to do your speaking events for free because you you have enough content to basically prove that you are an incredible speaker. So they're very unconventional tips and they absolutely work if people follow that and stick to a 10-day rule. Try and produce a video every single day for 10 days straight on topics that you love and do one-minute videos and just see what happens. You'll become very, very confident. That's actually great advice um, that Tima has given us. Um, just waiting for it to pop back up. Um, and I can see why consistency really works. Um, I mean, I follow one, one of my friends, Ollie, a doctor from Cambridge, made a YouTube video every single day 
and now he's like an excellent speaker. So definitely makes makes a big difference there. Um, we've talked a lot about kind of. A different, I want to get your take on what do you think we should be on all platforms? You mentioned quite a few. Should we be putting ourselves online? Because a lot of my success with the Human Behavior Club was because I got the courage to to, to speak about topics I was passionate about, like you said. And it all stemmed from writing a newsletter, right? The more we put ourselves online, the more opportunities we seem to get, especially in, in, in the... So what do you think is the future? Do you think do you think social audio has a future? Um, do you think it's bite-sized video like TikTok? Uh, what are your thoughts on the future? Sorry, you actually cut out for some reason. I couldn't hear you properly. Do you mind yes. just repeating uh, so that question? So my thing was, what do you think is the future in terms of no video, TikTok, what platform should we be putting ourselves on? That's a really good question. I was asked this question this morning, actually, and I think audio is huge. I really, really do believe there's a very, very big future around audio. In terms of where do I think people need to invest most of their time in, I would just say pick two platforms and just get very, very good at two platforms. Still have your primary platform and focus and become more consistent on that one platform. Build your following. Have another platform that you really do enjoy uh, using as well and build your following there as well. And And I, I would just say focus on the two and then expand from there. I just think that it's very difficult to be good at all platforms uh, at all at once. And I'm sure that you would agree, Dr. Saheb, you know, you've, you've been able to create your own success on Clubhouse and without being consistent on that one platform, you wouldn't have been able to build that, you know, following in that reputation if you spread yourself over five different audio platforms. So I just think that to focus on two platforms, expand from there, but it also comes back to your audience and you know, how they like to consume that content. I think that there will always be place for video and uh, having like a, a visual platform. I think that's also very important. But audio has been really interesting to see because LinkedIn also has their own audio version as well. It's uh, still not great at all, but it is it is there. And you can definitely see that has a place on the platform. And I think what audio is great at is that it just allows us just to be able to connect with people at a deeper level, especially on an interactive platform like this and also, say, Clubhouse, where people can actually come on stage and ask questions. But, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think focus on just the two platforms and then just expand from there and take your learnings from what's worked and then and take them to your other platforms as well. So that, that's my answer there. I think a lot of people will take that advice because I think sometimes you're had had that kind of growth and I platform. Um, I think platform person fit. I think we are better on certain platforms than others naturally. And um, I mean, I interesting because on Instagram I'm, I'm pretty present, uh, but most of my content is is to do with Clubhouse, so I'll do it on Clubhouse. And then TikTok, I'm sparingly there. Now and again, I'll do it. Twitter, I keep up to date. So I use all the platforms, but there's there's two that I focus on in terms of creating content. Um, so 
that's actually a really interesting approach. So, Tim, it seems like you have a very, very good understanding of how to utilize different platforms. Um, and I can understand why you're so successful in what you do. Can you tell us a few challenges you've had along your journey? I think uh, the listeners would love to know kind of that it's how how much hard work you put into setting up your company. Okay, so the challenges in setting up my company, it wasn't actually difficult to set it up because I knew what I what I had to do in the beginning. What I found the most difficult was uh, basically uh, growing growing the business, uh, not necessarily getting new clients, but how do I hire people and how do I train these people? And in the beginning, I was doing everything myself. <laughs> Dr. Sahib, I was editing the videos. <laughs> I was doing the copy myself, the graphic design myself. You know, you're talking about somebody who did a double degree in business and finance and also did extra studies in financial planning and, and had her all of her certifications to now editing videos, right? Like it was something I had to teach myself. Um, but in terms of growing the business and employing people and training them and making sure that they had the same level of excellence and quality and attention to detail as I did, that, that's been the most challenging, to be honest. Um, because I'm so invested in my clients, my biggest challenge at the moment is me being consistent with my own brand because I don't want to let my clients down. So I've taken my attention away from myself so I can keep their brands going and, and they, they, they need to keep growing because I don't ever want to let them down. So that's my biggest challenge at the moment. But in terms of the business, it's really not as difficult as what people think it is. Uh, it's simply just setting it up and just trying, seeing how you go. I mean, when I say setting it up, all, all you need to do is literally just, just <laughs> just set it up. Like no one needs to know that you don't have a team. No one needs to know all of these things. As long as you know that you are capable enough to do the work and that you're not going to let people down, it's very, very doable. Uh, that's, that's exactly what I did. I mean, I, I didn't lie. I just told people that the work will get done. They didn't need to know that I was the only one doing all the work. So, <laughs> so that that's my suggestion and my advice to people when it comes to business but my biggest challenge at the moment is taking care of myself and that's the honest truth and you'll probably being a doctor you'll probably tell me off but my sleeping is not great at all because oh, my no. time zone <laughs> my time zone is is uh us uae uk yet i live in australia so there you go <laughs> um, i mean I, I gotta prescribe you some sleep then <laughs> i think um the time zones i can Tima, as weird as it sounds, being a sleep doctor, I can 100% relate because when Clubhouse took off, I was in the UK, but shows were like California time, which is an eight-hour difference, and I had to stay up late. I had to shift my times around, and it was difficult. So I did that for about four or five months uh, because my club was growing so much, but I don't know how I would have sustained it beyond that. So, um, I mean... It gets difficult, so definitely, Tima, I hope you are looking after yourself as well because I know you you work hard. You have, um, you know, this this big, um, you know, your, your big company now. You're probably feel the pressure as well to keep going with, with the success that's come as well. And I can imagine how difficult that can get as well. But it's been super interesting having you here, sharing a lot about 
what you do, a lot about branding, positioning, um, content, um, and breaking down things like thought leadership for us, as well as the benefits of different platforms, and, and namely LinkedIn, which I find super interesting. A lot of people say LinkedIn sometimes can be the most uh, authentic platform as well at times, um, in terms of you know business connections, in terms of figuring out where you want to be, opportunities. There's a lot happening on LinkedIn. So Tima, I really appreciate it. So finally, where can people follow you? Where can they reach out to you? Imagine I said TikTok, follow me on TikTok. That would be hilarious. I mean, I do have a TikTok account, (laughs) but I've only got like 10 videos on there. Uh, Just you can find me on LinkedIn. Just uh, type in Tima, so T-I-M for Mary A. And Alhaj, we have the most complicated names. We literally have to spell our names all the time, (laughs) don't we? Yes, we we? do. We do indeed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can find me there or, or on Instagram. And if you do come across to LinkedIn, let me know that you've come across from this show. And I look forward to uh, connecting and getting to know you. Tima is brilliant. I, and I love when Tima is in the room on social audio, especially. And this podcast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So Tima, I will actually share that on LinkedIn. I've actually shared any of these on LinkedIn. So in the spirit of LinkedIn, I will share this episode on LinkedIn and people can, um, you know, comment underneath, tell me what you think. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And Tima, it's interesting because I have Hala as uh, one of my next episodes. And I know both of you are, are super popular on LinkedIn. So a very LinkedIn twist today. But Tima, catch you soon. And we hope to connect. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And you will love Hala. She's incredible. Thanks, Dr. Saeed. Yeah, I can't wait. And the both of you together sometime as well, maybe a future episode. But thanks, everyone. Thanks to the listeners. We will catch you in the next. Thank you, everyone. Bye.